Hey folks, welcome to episode 186. This is the Live Life Aggressive Show. Sincere Hogan. Got Mike Maul on the other side. What's happening, man? Uh, we're doing good, man. To, to, to say that we have an extremely important guest with an important cause would be an understatement. We've been talking to this guy for probably about 20 minutes or so before we started recording, and you can just tell this is going to be one of those episodes that really captivates people. It's going to make you think about the world you're in and what you should be doing to help out guys like the guy we're about to talk to in a second. Mm-hmm. So we're not even going to do any shout-outs or talk about me undies or anything like that. You know, we're going to jump right in and talk about our guest. His <coughs> name is Ty Ritter, and his organization is Project Child Save. And just like one of our friends, James Pond, who was on the show a while back, he helps victims of human trafficking. And he does it from a very unique stance. So we're going to talk to him about that and how he got into this line of work. But Ty, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Uh, it's a real pleasure. I was, I, yeah, man. I, I heard about you through our mutual friend, Jean-Pierre. He was in town a couple of weeks ago, and he's like, oh, you got to get Ty on. And I was like, well, who's this guy? And he gave me your website to check out. I was like, oh, yeah, well, right after I make a donation, I'm going to contact you and get you on because what you're doing is is right up our alley yep. and is a perfect fit for our show because we want to put a spotlight on great people such as yourself doing necessary work, extremely critical, important work in a cause that everyone should be cognizant about. Well, great people such as myself, I have to tell you, I have a wonderful team, follows me anywhere, and they make me look really, really good. Well, I'll tell you who doesn't make you look good is that guy who played you in that reenactment on that. <laughs> what, what, show, what show was that, Ty? Was that on the Discovery Channel or something? What, what, sh- what yeah. episode? <laughs> Discovery Channel. Yep. I'm like, this and guy doesn't look, this guy doesn't look anything like Ty. Was Stone Cold busy that day? What, what <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he looked really old, too. Yeah. <laughs> so what what exactly is Project Child Save and how did you get into this? Well, Project Child Save is uh, a 501c3 charity. And we specialize in educating parents in today's society on how to keep their children safer. And everything from picking the right daycare to to, uh, safety on the Internet. Uh, I I wrote a book that's called My Body is My Own. And and that's what that book does. It it just works and works and works at at, uh, things that people can do to keep their children safer today. You know, it's a whole new world out there. Years ago, people would kidnap a, uh, someone from an affluent family and, and want to ransom. And that was the hard part for them, collecting their money. Somewhere along the line, they realized all children are worth money. Some are worth more than others. They take them from one place into another area, an obscure place. They film them, photograph them and sell them to the world via the internet. It's pretty safe for them. Pretty safe. Just backtracking a second to just picking the right daycare, what should people be cognizant of in that context? Well, um, uh, safety thing. For for one, access. Mm -hmm. A parent should be able to walk onto those grounds, into that daycare, anytime. And uh, if, if, uh, if, if, if the daycare objects to that, find a different daycare. 
uh, going through the daycare and looking are, are the rooms. You know, quite often they'll have children's artwork up on the windows and stuff, and you can't see into the rooms. The administrator or uh, whoever's in charge can't just take a walk by and look and see what's going on in that room. Uh, uh, sitting out a ways away from the, the daycare, when they bring the children outside, watch to see, are they being monitored? Is there an adult there to, for their safety? Uh, is it an area that's uh, easy for anyone to walk into and, and uh, have access to children? You know, it's a multitude of things that that you need to to take into consideration. Uh, the only time windows should uh, have uh, curtain-type things over it is maybe in an earthquake area where glass could break and spray the children, you know, and a protective thing. But in that case, uh, um, they need to set up uh, something, uh, an area, uh, a flap on those that, that's open to where uh, people in charge can see at all times what's going on in that room. Yeah, that's just just one example. Now, uh, now is the concern that abuse can happen at these daycares, or that these daycares can be a conduit for human trafficking, where they're they're using the daycare to collect kids and then get them out of the country? Yes, and yes. Okay. Uh, to the the daycare being uh, part of the trafficking is extremely rare. However, it has happened. Uh, and then there's the McMartin. Remember the McMartin case uh, uh, years ago. Um, and uh, it isn't it isn't just the traffickers. Uh, um, maybe a divorce and uh, husband doesn't have custody of the ch- child. Um, there are different things, ways you can set it up to where uh, the entire staff, even volunteers, know that he is not permitted to come and pick up that child. Uh, just a, a whole, I have a whole chapter in my book on that subject. Right. Um, it's uh, um, also uh, vetting that the people, the volunteers, you know, uh, actually checking them out and finding out what their history is like. And uh, you'd be surprised how many People in places don't do that. Oh yeah, don't do that. you see it all the time. I mean, you see even when you, even when you start talking about some of your schools, they don't even vet some of these teachers deep enough. And next thing you know, they're like, "Oh my gosh, she was such a good person. I didn't think that she would do this or that he would do this." You know. And again, when you start looking deeper into their backgrounds, you're like, "Oh wow, this guy actually had a felony when he was 15. He he actually had a sexual assault case or he had a rape case or and it may have been." taken off, you know, quote unquote, off the books due to, you know, deferred adjudication or something like that because he was a minor or something like that. But if you dig deeper, that you'll see that these people had a history of this before. You know what? I But the thing is, they weren't vetted deep enough. It was it just went more with what happened while they were adults instead of going deeper like that. Any business that uh, contact with children, they have to take a lot of extra steps for the safety of those children. Right. And too many of them do not do that. I agree. I agree. Now, how did you start this organization? What motivated you to get into this line of work? Oh, I was walking down the street, minding my own business. And, uh, 
It just happened. I didn't go looking for it. Yeah. I uh, uh, I also bodyguard uh, most of my life, and uh, I was bodyguarding the uh, person who owns a great uh, portion of uh, one of the casinos in Las Vegas, and a friend of his, another casino owner's child, was kidnapped and held for ransom. And my uh, boss handed me $50,000, and he said, spread this around on the streets and see what you can come up with. And so I set out to do that, you know, 50 bucks here, 100 bucks there, bartenders, cab drivers, prostitutes. And uh, one night about uh, 11 o'clock, uh, a bartender said, you know, if anybody knows anything about this, it's this uh, two guys. And he said, I don't know where they live, but I know where they work. And it was an industrial area. And I thought, well, I'm going to try to find this uh, tonight. And, and uh it's actually kind of funny. I, I uh, found the place, and I saw a light on in, and looking closer, there was a man inside. I knocked on the door, and he said, yeah, what do you want? And I said, I got some money for you. I'm talking about 50, 100 bucks, if you know anything. I said, I got some money for you. He looked at me, and he kind of cocked his head, and he said, you have money with you? And I said, yeah. This idiot is thinking ransom money, but he's not <laughs> thinking, how the hell did he know that I was there? <laughs> yeah. He calls out, he calls out, shouts out, and his partner comes out of the back room with the kid. And it was a stick em up. I got the kid back. Metro took the credit. And, uh, and then word of mouth, people just started contacting me, and it was runaways and parental kidnappings, and it was just a shotgun effect, and I wasn't getting anywhere, and didn't care a whole lot for it. Yeah. And one time I came across a case that involved child pornography and uh, trafficking, and I thought to myself, you know, I'd rather be accused of murder than something like that. Mm. And I started looking into it. And way back then in 75, I was shocked at how big it was around the world and uh, growing, growing so fast. An example of how much it's grown and the money involved is now the Mexican drug cartels have gotten involved in it. And you've seen the rooms, the bedrooms with money stacked up four feet high and closets full of money. Sure. Cartels have all the money in the world, all the weapons yeah. in the world. And now they're involved in trafficking of children. That that should tell you something about what what it's worth to them. Yeah, it tells you it's huge business. Big, big business and and they get to use the product over and over again. Are there particular children that are more likely to be a target? What I mean is blonde hair, blue-eyed, or in terms of... The you know, opposites attract. Uh, yeah. Blonde hair, blue eyes um, can bring a premium, but uh, redheads also. Uh, believe it or not, there are people out there that will put in an order. They want twins, or they want uh, a, a redhead, uh, and, and put in an age range. And there are people who will go out in the world and uh, they're looking for that window to grab a child. Yeah. Uh, and it only takes a second. Uh, I, I said that I, I do stunt work. Uh, I was working on a set and one of the patrol officers that does the traffic for us, he was talking to me about it. And he said he was in uh, 
a town called Westlake uh, here in California, and um, he was trying to match a pair of socks to some pants, and he swore to me he only took his eyes off of that child for about 30, 40 seconds while he was doing this matchup, and he looked down, and his two-year-old granddaughter is gone. He looked around, and he saw uh, uh, a man, had her by the hand, and was heading for the door. Well, he's uh, a police officer, retired, but he still has his gun. Uh, he went after the guy. He got his grandchild back, uh, but the guy got away. But that's just an example of how quick it happens. Yeah, I bring it up because I think a lot of people hear stuff like this. They think it's a third world problem. And I, I just want to emphasize that this can happen anywhere. And it can happen in America. It can happen in Europe. It can happen in any developed part of the world. And it does happen. And just it's, by going by that example that Ty just gave, it seems like it's even more likely to happen in this Western world where we right. have so much technology and distractions with cell phones and we're, we're all in all these different places and not paying attention. And it's so much easier, just like we were mentioned before we started the recording and we were talking about just like Pokemon Go, which is like a breeding ground for situations like this. It makes it so much easier for someone to be kidnapped and taken. You know, in those situations, you know, you're just harmlessly thinking your kids out playing with this app. And I see parents all the time, you know, posting about this, even here in my own neighborhood and saying, well, you know, my, you know, if you guys see any kids around here, they're playing Pokemon Go, you know, don't don't worry about them, blah, blah, blah. OK, first of all, why are you announcing this on social media right, right. in a group like that? Because you don't know exactly who's in that group. And at the same time, why are you not paying more attention to your kids? Why do you think this is OK? Because I'm thinking, OK, well, maybe these are 17 year old, 18 year old, something like that. But they're they're end up being like 12 year olds. And so being in. You know, the field that I'm in now, you know, I'm looking at them like that's that's a big major red flag lady, you know. So I just kind of send them a private message because they are my neighbors. I'm like, hey, you may not want to do that. And here's why, you know, then it just then they can like, oh, I didn't think about that, you know, because, again, in a gated community thinking everything is good. It'll never happen here, you know. But at the same time, you know, it's actually even more prime for some for a criminal to think that way because they're thinking, oh, gated community. These people have money. Let's take their kids. Let's have get a bigger ransom. Why would I want to take somebody from the projects when I can take someone from this gated community? You know, right. so Sharon Tate thought so she was very safe too. Exactly. You know, a rich, safe community. Well, I think the point you bring up, Ty, is this can happen really fast. And I think about that all the time, how fast you could be walking down the street and just think about how fast a van could pull up, grab you, physically grab you and throw you in there and be off before anyone saw it. And even see, if anyone did see it, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to do anything about it. You know? Or they, if, if they even know what they're looking at. I sit on, the, on these live leak videos all the time, and these bystanders just kind of like thinking like, oh, they must be shooting a movie, or these kids are playing around, or these, you know, these folks are just doing some project or something, or I don't know what that is, or I don't want to get involved because I don't want to end up in a van. That's <laughs> right. Well, you're, well you're, right. Giving, you're giving people too much credit, sincere. They're too busy playing Pokemon Go to even <laughs> notice <laughs> that it even happened. And, and you, you're talking about the, the kids playing those games. Right. right. Um, there's two groups that the traffickers are looking for. They're looking for the very, very young mm. because they're the easiest to get. And uh, they're looking for the 17-year-old, 22-year-old. Older girls end up in in uh, uh, clubs uh, around the world. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, the younger ones, uh, uh, prostitution and, and uh, um child porn but uh the older ones uh the oldest i've i've gotten back was 22 years old 
the youngest taken, I have three cases of, of three-year-olds. As, as a matter of fact, that discovery show that you saw, yeah. each one of those was exactly how it happened. The first one, uh, the little blonde girl, uh, she was actually two and a half when she was taken. We got her back when she was three years, two months old. So... Uh, they're, they're big money. And, uh, how did, how did that young girl do with recovery? I mean, that's a long stretch to be kidnapped you know, for, especially yeah, at that age. That is such a good story. Uh, you know, when they are that young, there, there's, uh, I think God's given them some sort of a, a, a way to, to get around it, lock it out, put it there, not have a memory of it. Yeah. Uh, the youngest ones, uh, depending on what's done, uh, to them. Uh, they, they recover. And even when the worst has happened to them, that particular little girl, uh, she, she, she was diseased, social diseases. Oh. She was under the influence. Now I can't remember whether it was heroin or, or, uh, morphine. I'm thinking back to 1982. Um, and she, um, uh, she needed, Vaginal and anal corrective surgery done. But she uh, ended up uh, okay. She can never have children, the damage that they did to her. But uh, she was playing championship softball in in Japan. Wow. Uh, Now she's she's a grown woman living a happy, productive life. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I used to follow the children. Yeah. Uh, to some degree, and then uh, one of the children that we brought back, a ten-year-old, ended up committing suicide. And uh, I said, "That's it. Uh, I'm done following them. I've done my part. The rest is up to everybody else." And everybody I've got. I think at a, I think at a certain age where you form strong memories, it's probably much harder to get over, such as five years old and above. So when you the example of the ten-year-old. That's not too surprising to me because that's old enough to really remember in detail everything you went through. And that, that that's I mean, just being abused as a kid by a family member or something like that can ruin someone's entire life. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh it's it's just uh, uh what I, I have volunteers professionals, doctors, surgeons, plastic surgeons, psychiatrists, psychologists, they volunteer to help. If uh, if they're not in the area and can't get to the area, one of the psychologists will do it even over the phone. But uh, uh, I have a, a list of things that need to be done for the child. And we do uh, uh, with the orphanages where we leave the children, we'll follow up on that stuff. Um I've just been blessed with a bunch of wonderful people that um, really make me and my organization look look really good. They, they're just wonderful. How much of your time is spent traveling? Just just going over going overseas, going to actual destinations for rescues. Uh, you know, it, it depends. Uh, uh, we had a good year the last two years. This year, we've only had one rescue so far. And, uh, you know, it, it just bounces around. Uh, I could be gone all the time if we had the donations to do it. Um, 
And, uh, you know, people are leery, and there have been so many, so many people that uh, have been uh, preyed on by, by people. I mean, what, what yeah. parent wouldn't give everything he owns to get his child back? Right. And bad people know that, and they will exactly. they will go after them. And I just, not very long ago, had a case uh, where a private investigator actually went to some trouble he got uh, uh, an accomplice girl that was uh, uh, looking about somewhat like the girl that was taken. And the girl that was taken had a uh, little tattoo on her shoulder. He put her on the beach and from a distance took a picture of her. And you could see that there's a tattoo there and three men standing beside her. And, and he went to the parents and said that, uh, I found your kid. I can get her back. I can buy her back $60,000. They gave him the money right away, and he vanished. He was gone. Mm. Uh, it was all, uh, as a matter of fact, law enforcement's looking for him still today. Mm. To the best of my knowledge, they have not found him. Yeah, so there's hustles within hustles here. I talk to people all the time, and I... And I at Project Child say we... We verify that, that the parents either have some money, you know, if they haven't taken out a second on their house, uh, we'd like some money to help us cover the cost of getting their kids back. But, uh, if, if, if they don't have the money, uh, we put up whatever money's needed to, to do the rescue. And, um, uh, sometimes it's, it's a great deal of money. And uh, um, when somebody sends us $5, it goes a long ways because no one at Project Talsave takes a salary. Everyone volunteers. And uh, so many things are donated to, to help us get going. Um, it just, uh, it's just an uphill battle. And, uh, you know, if, if, if we have a good year, we can do a lot. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's got its ups and downs. It's, uh, we did a rescue a few weeks ago and, um, uh, we, we've carried, we carry body bags, uh, just in case. A couple for adults, a couple for children. And, uh, for, for 40 years, I've never had to use a child's body bag. And uh, this one recently, uh, once we got in there and we're searching for any children hiding and stuff, we got out the, the backyard and of this place, it's a rural area, Mexico. And uh, off to the right was a, a wheelbarrow with a six or seven-year-old child in it who had been deceased for a day and a half, two days. And uh, they'd throw in their trash on it and their beer cans on her and stuff. And for the first time in 40 years, we used the child's body bag. And that's uh, that's that's the cartel people for it. They're just so brutal with the children. We get them back uh, sometimes with broken bones unattended. Uh, and uh, they're just... You know, some traffickers will, will treat them like merchandise and 
and stuff. I, I know I've gotten off track here. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Keep going. Uh, when they, when they, the trafficker that's semi, if you want to call it kind to a child, yeah, they'll get them to get naked and get in front of a camera and maybe do do gymnastics and stuff. Just getting them used to being naked in front of a camera. Uh, if you want to dress, you do this. If you want to eat tonight, you do this. Uh, they're not they're not beating the children. They want them to looking good so that they can sell them and sell their films and stuff. But the cartels, uh, we got child back one time. She had a compound fracture to her her femur. She had lost a lot of blood. As a matter of fact, uh, the doctor that that the uh, at the infirmary, said uh, another uh, six, seven hours, she probably wouldn't have made it. But uh, the other children had told us that the man told her to get up. And as she was getting up, uh, he stomped on her leg with big boots. You know, what's that about? You know, they're just brutal. They're just brutal with the children. They don't care. They'll go get more. Now, in those situations where you've extracted the children from some of these criminals, um, in the case of the criminals themselves, like pretty much what is the rate of those guys being caught and being dealt with as well? Where you've actually had time or you're or, you know, those helping you had time to actually go in and get those criminals as well. Because sometimes, you know, from just going by wood, it sounds like you pretty much have a small window where you need to get in, get the child and get out. So, like, what about with those criminals? Well, every now and then you come across uh, officers in third world countries that are honest and and uh, uh, things are reported. Just so much as window dressing. And, and, uh, the United States government pays countries on a scale one to three, three being the most money for work they're doing, fighting, trafficking children for sex in their country. Um, in Brazil, we, we got, uh, I think it was Brazil some time ago, uh, South America, we got um, uh, children out of a place and a quarter of a mile away was a military installation, that country's military. I'm pretty sure it was Brazil. And the troops were frequenting this place and having at the children. And we found out that they were on a three. They were receiving the most money for, for fighting this sort of thing. And uh, uh, they, they busted them down to a one. And then I think it was like four or six months later, they were back up to a three. Uh, we reported it to the State Department, what we saw. And um, it, it just, uh, it, it's, it's, you know, we have the best police in the world. And uh, the protection for the children in the United States is, is, is pretty darn good. But it's impossible to watch them all. Right. It's 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 impossible to stop it. 
But you don't have to take my word for it. You can go to different states, different big cities. Uh, the amount of children missing without a trace, not connected to family or friends, just vanished, is astounding. Astounding. I think it was uh, San Antonio, not San Antonio. Probably, it's probably Houston. I'm here in Houston, so and it's very, it's very prominent here. Houston's very prominent, uh, and I can't remember Houston. Um, they had a few. Is, years is that ago. is that because it's a border state? Well, we have a yeah. lot of yeah. That's that's one of the reasons you have that's the cartels the here, and okay. you know, and it's very. Austin, we're not that far Austin, from the border, you know. Right. Austin, Texas, is losing uh, uh, an average of seven hundred children uh, uh, annually. Wow. The greater Austin area, like the greater L.A. area, is five counties. They were losing an average of uh, 400 children. Uh, FBI released those numbers and then, then took it back and said, no, 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 we made a mistake. It's only an average of 72 children. I went from county to county searching the numbers on missing without a trace. And I went back for an average of 10 years. It has been an average of 400 children annually. Now, how many of those are ending up in trafficking Nobody knows, but if it's uh, pedophiles taking them, uh, and where where are the children? Why aren't uh, backpackers and rangers and fishermen stumbling over shallow graves all the time? Right. Where are these children going? And why would they cut that number down? You know, I mean, just that's a very big mistake to go from like you know over seven hundred down. Oh, seventy two. <laughs> that's a yeah, wide um, range right there. Well, it's like any other business. Ma Bell is not going to admit that your phones can be tapped and your sensitive conversations be taken. Right. They're never going to admit that. But it happens. Yeah. Our government, and in, in their favor, it's, it's, it's like turning a tiger loose to, to let go of the true information on what's happening with these children. Las Vegas. They, their police department, they can't keep up with the missing children. Uh, people go there, want to be a showgirl or right. whatever. Mm, right. Now, were they kidnapped or were they, were they, uh, they find a boyfriend and just leave and people are looking for them? Yeah, I live out yeah. here in Las Vegas and a, f- a friend of ours who's been on the show a few times, Tim Larkin, talked about how you'll have these women, young women who come to Vegas who don't have a lot of connections. I mean, they're not close with their family, maybe may not have any close friends, and they'll come to Vegas for the purposes you just mentioned, Ty, and they will vanish where they're just picked up right off the street and taken to another country. They end up in another country in forced yeah. prostitution. And no one is looking for these girls. There were traffickers in Jamaica that were were working Las Vegas and grabbing the girls, but the, the police department can't handle that those kind of numbers. Right. They, they just aren't prepared to to handle them. And you know, so many times it's just the kid that left. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No? Exactly. No. <clears throat> um, they don't. They don't have the time or the the money to do it. Now, on a slightly different subject, do you, do parents make their kids more of a target by constantly posting photos on Facebook and especially posting photos with location information as well? Do you think that's yeah. a big mistake? Yeah, how does social media play into this? It is a monstrous mistake. Yeah. It's uh, 
You just don't, even down to the same. Have you been behind a car and they got the little pictures and it's a the mom, oh, the Oh, dad, yeah, exactly. The little stick Jeff figures. And, and whatever, and it goes down even the dogs on there. Yeah. You don't do that. Or People, my school is an honor student at Silly So High School. Watch the house. There, there are people, the traffickers will go to poor people. And in and, and Mexico, this happens a lot. And they'll just say, uh, uh, go get us a, a 10-year-old. Go get us a 7-year-old. And when you bring her to us, we'll give you money. So they, they have, like, troops out there doing it. And, they're, and then they have these, these uh, loaners that will go out and try to find them a kid for money. And uh, it's it's just become big business, big business. Yeah, so people unknowingly make themselves targets just from being naive. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's sad. There, there's a lot of smart parents out there that realize it's a whole new world, but some parents have the IQ of an ice cube. It's just <laughs> why would you let your child, your your ten year old, and your eight year old go in and watch a movie in a mall by themselves. Why would right, you do right, that? Right, exactly. How stupid is that? Or drop them off at the mall and come back two hours later and pick them up. Give them $5, you know. We're thinking that if there's just yeah, two of them, that that's safe. You know? that right. The social media, media one in particular seems really moronic to me, and not just for kids or parents, but really for anyone. Why are, why are you constantly posting pictures of yourself with location info? So people know where you are at all times. Well, why, sadly, why, why is that useful to you in any way? Well, sadly, most of them don't even know the location is even on half the time. I mean, a lot of them are just so new to technology. Like, oh, my God, I got a smartphone now because I want to keep up with my kids. And I got this cool new app. And, you know, my kids are on Snapchat, so I got Snapchat. And they have no idea how to operate these things. And they don't know that they're giving out this information. So that, that's one of the reasons right there. I've seen they, it personally. They give- they give details. They exactly. Give, uh, Without knowing. <laughs> I know of one case where a child, uh, I think a 12-year-old, uh, was uh, online saying there's a Chuck and Cheese right around the corner from where she lives, and she loves it, and she goes there every day. Every day. By herself. Right. And going through there and and uh, playing some games and, and that stuff. And she's putting that online. Well, I mean, young women in Vegas make the mistake of we're all going to be partying at XYZ Club tonight at this time, and we're getting bottle service. It's like, okay, so you're, you're going to be at this club at this time, and you're, you're gonna all going to be drunk. Be drunk. <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Thanks. You're all going to be drunk, and you're sure. all wearing skirt shirts, and you're all posting pictures of – you know, you're all dolled up. It's like, thanks for the intel you exactly. know, for some and, predatorial type person. Exactly. And on the flip side of that, on the offline, you know, from an offline aspect, then you have the parents who are very proud of the school that the child goes to. So they have the school sign, you know, my, you know, or they put the bumper sticker, you know, proud parent of a blah, 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 high school student or middle school student, or my student has all A's at blah, 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 high school. And, you know, or again, like I said, they have the pride of so-and-so high school football team and they put the sign in their front front yard. Well, thanks for that info if you're a predator. It's just like I now know where your child's going to be, and I can just be Uncle So-and-so or whatever and just catch them walking home or whatever else because I know what they look like because you posted a picture on social media, so now I got that information down. And I know they have two other siblings because you have the little stick figure family on the back of your car. So it's just like all this intelligence that you give to these predators, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, 
uh, yeah, my mom and dad taking the whole family to Hawaii for two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Well, your house is empty. And, Great. And just let people know where they live. <laughs> right. Can't keep the burglars out of this, you know. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it's a, you know, it's my, there, there's a syndicate of this. Like, okay, you go get the kids when they come back, but I'm going to go ahead and get everything out of the house right now. Or it could be the same person. <laughs> He's just like, well, you know, I'll take it all. So right. just make it very easy. And just we... Just this, like Mike, you know, we brought up before these people live in these wannabe reality show situations with their lives on social media. And it just makes it very, here's the problem with that. Those celebrities who have a, like, who are on social media or the celebrities who have this reality show, a lot of them have armed security, bodyguards and, and things like that to protect them. So they can have the cameras and everything else around them 24 seven. They're protected. Um, the average person, you're not. So you can't be like these celebrities with a real. Well, there, there, there's an unfortunate good example of the very thing you bring up, Sincere, is where there was this young lady, a really good-looking girl, who was an Instagram celebrity. <laughs> and she was jogged. She jogged every night with her father in Manhattan. It was at Central Park in New York City. Uh-huh. And then one night, she just went without him. So he couldn't do it for some reason. She's like, well, it's part of my routine. I'm going to go on my own. And long story short, she got attacked, raped, and killed. And I don't know the details of this case in terms of if she was making it known to her followers that she was doing this route. But it's hard to believe that it, she prop, it's hard to believe that she wasn't either knowingly or, or unknowingly doing that. Like you said about the smartphone, her smartphone may have been on saying, oh, "I'm going to go do my run now." And it tells everyone who's following her exactly where she is. Exactly. Like sweating, getting well, it in, and then she tags herself in her location on that. And then they say, oh, so that's where she jogs. It's very simple. Police like Central Park, you don't even have to do it. I mean, that's <laughs> right. place to do it anyway. <laughs> right, right, uh, right. Uh, Just a fact, I mean, I hate to blame the victim here because she should be able to go run at the park without getting attacked. But the reality is, is that you're more likely to get attacked running in the park by yourself at night. You know, it's like I should be able to go to a bad part of Vegas and not get my butt kicked, <laughs> but <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I should go test the waters you know, and see what happens. You, know? you should be able to go to Disneyland and not worry about getting eaten by an alligator. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, uh, right. but you have to. You can't live in a world of shoulds. You know, <laughs> right? Shoulda, woulda, couldas. Yep. Yeah, people quite often, and that's part of what we we teach children to help keep themselves safer. And, and just you never know what sticks in their minds or parents. Uh, I have a, a, I think I have that letter on my website uh, that is um, uh, a friend of a lady gave her a copy of my book. And one of the things I suggest, if your child has to walk home from school, you know, two blocks, four blocks, three blocks, whatever it is, and there's no other way to do it. You've got no choice. Go down the blocks that she walks, find the mothers or stay at home, the grandmas, people, knock on the door and say, look, I'm so-and-so, this is my address, here's a copy of my driver's license, uh, uh, my child has to walk by here and we can't be with her, uh, if something were to happen, can she come to your house uh, to get you to call the police or, or to take her and keep her safe? And uh, this lady actually read the book and did this. Approximately a month later, her daughter's walking home. Guy pulled up in a in a car, and he offered her a ride home, and she said no and kept going. 
He got out of the car and went after her. She ran screaming to a house. She had to run two houses to find the one that the safety house. This uh, uh, grandmother type led her into the house, called the police. The guy got away. Two weeks later, two blocks away, a child was taken and has not been seen since. So, you know, if, if you're smart and you take precautions for your children, it's, it's, you know, America used to be a place where you didn't have to lock your car door or your house door. Right. And those days are gone. Long. Those days are gone and children are worth money. And, uh, there's just so many of them that, that they're lost forever. You know, they're just, you know, when we were talking before we were on the air, I said, this, it's kind of a curse and, and, and it really is. It's, uh, I don't know how many times I've said I don't ever want to have to do a rescue again. But I can't wait for the next one because when we're successful, nothing like that in the world. I mean, it's the end of the world to bring a child home, fought lost forever, and give her to her parents. Uh, yeah. Or turn her over to an orphanage. Quite often, especially in the other countries, um, the orphanages now, all of them, with our advice and help, have set up private investigators who will search out children if they can find out where they came from, to find out if they were kidnapped or if the parents sold them. And the parents selling them is becoming more and more prevalent. We're running into that all the time. Hmm. Um, uh uh, not too long ago, we got 10 children, uh, again, out of Mexico. There were four Chinese girls in there with them. And uh, the youngest was, I think, seven or eight. The oldest was about 12. And they went to the orphanages, and we did not try to find out anything about uh, uh, whether they were kidnapped or, or sold. Unlikely that they were sold because uh, Chinese aren't going to sell girls because they have the death rooms off of the birth rooms for girls. Too many girls and they right. stick them in there to get rid of them. And uh, we didn't want to turn them back over because they've escaped the death rooms at birth. Now are they an embarrassment? Are they, you know? We could be sending them into a world of hurts, giving them back. Right. So they stayed and they uh, eventually got adopted out. I have a couple of politicians that uh, have been very helpful with uh, uh, getting correct paperwork, getting everything ironed out on, on children. Uh, here in America, I have one orphanage. Uh, the others, it doesn't matter too much. The other countries that we have orphanages in. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's very complicated. Very complicated. Uh, and uh, it's 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 something we just have no choice. I, I, uh, my wife, so well, I'm separated now, heading towards a divorce eventually. Uh, she just had enough of it. Uh, 
Yeah, I was going to ask you, how does this line of work affect your personal life? And I guess that answers that question. Yeah, exactly. Because I yeah. started thinking about, you know, um, the movie Machine Gun Preacher and just see how it started, you know, him going over to Africa and rescuing his children who were child soldiers. And I started to see how that was affecting his life back home. And I started thinking about you the same way, Ty. Like, God, man, it's just I know that has to take a toll. Well, my wife, you know, the, I drive away at uh, at one point I had uh, insurance, life insurance. And uh, uh, Lloyd's of London and I got canceled. And, and uh, when Lloyd's of London cancels you, you can't get insurance anywhere um, <laughs> if you tell them the truth. Uh, but, uh, you know, I drive away. And, and uh, I remember one time looking in the rearview mirror, and my wife and stepdaughter were waving. And I'm thinking, you know, they don't, they, they're doing. They don't even know if I'm coming back. And uh, I honestly thought I'd never live enough to worry about quitting smoking cigarettes. <laughs> uh, you know, she seen me come home banged up or sprung a leak, and and uh, it was difficult holding jobs because I'd have a company that I'm working for that would uh, let me go. I'd be gone three, four days and stuff because they 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 liked uh, the idea of what we did. Yeah. Do. And uh, uh, then I get uh, I get shot or something along those lines, and uh, I get a cut across my face or chewed up somehow, and couldn't go right back to work. And that's not fair to the companies. That's why I got back into stunt work because if I'm not there, they just get somebody else. It's no big deal. Yeah. And um, but uh, it, it took its toll, and, and uh, she used to be a big part of the organization a long time ago, and uh, for 20 years she was. But um, how about a toll on you personally, and just in terms of your ability to just be happy or not look at the world? As such, a, you must look at the world in a much different way than the average person does. You know, you're the From first person you've ever asked me that. Um, like that. Uh, it, 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 it's, I have a closet. I put things in the closet. And um, it's very difficult. I can't enjoy children. I, when I see a child... Uh, it reminds me of another child or children in general that the stuff I've seen just goes through my head and it's just I can't enjoy children like so I kind of avoid them yeah like I used to uh, that, that's it's it's difficult and, and I, I put stuff in you know when you've seen what I've seen I I've had somebody said I tell uh, a particular story. And uh, somebody online said, oh, it's that dragging out that same old story again. Well, I got hundreds of them. You got to be sick to want to hear them all. I use this one as an example. On a scale of one to ten, ten being the worst. Had a case, uh, got into a place, and this uh, girl, approximately 18, 19 years old, is in there. She's dead. And I, I don't say anything I can't prove because I've led a very different kind of life. 
and uh, some of it's unbelievable. So I say nothing I can't prove. Um, took pictures of this girl, and uh, on her body she had a tattoo, a circle with a ram's head on her bottom. And the experts said that uh, that tattoo was approximately 8 to 10 years old. Well, that's not some little kid that went out and got a tattoo. Yeah. That's somebody that was branded, especially the type of tattoo with the ram's head inside a circle. Um, and what they had done is they had tied her in a bed, and they, uh, they drove a six-inch nail through the top of her head. And the skull feels the pain, but the brain doesn't feel pain. What it does is it causes the body to convulse. And while she was convulsing, they photographed her and filmed her while they were having sex with her until she died. On a scale of one to ten, that's about a five and a half, six on what I've seen. Wow. So it's, it's hard to live with that stuff. It's hard to live with that stuff. I told you about the little girl in the wheelbarrow. Yeah, right. Well, she was kind of bent up in that wheelbarrow. Team members had to had to straighten her out. And rigor mortis had set in. They had to straighten her out to get her in a body bag. They have to live with that the rest of their lives. This this stuff's. It's hard. It's hard to imagine that depression is not part of your daily experience, just from experiencing all these things. And, it's and planted in your head, so you gotta gotta have a closet, put that stuff away. Yeah, you just have to compartmentalize certain things. But I'm but I'm curious. Are are you able to compartmentalize this to the point where you can just go enjoy daily activities? You go see right. a movie. You watch it's a TV function. show. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm fine, and you didn't ask anybody but my wife. Yeah, right. I'm doing okay. It just kind of well, reminds me a little bit of a friend of mine who worked with the DEA and also worked with the homicide unit here in Houston. Just like listen to some of the stories, and I just look at him. It's like knowing him from a personal basis, and then listen to the things that he see, that he sees on a daily basis at work beyond our personal experience with each other. I'm just like, wow. It's like got to commend you for still somewhat still being as normal as possible, you know, outside of work. You know, I don't think it, you can ever be normal when you when you witness things like that on a daily basis and, and you've experienced that, you know, but right. just cops, to see how he – no, go for it. I'm sorry. Cops do not get en- enough credit. I've had cops come up to me and say, oh, my God, what you do is so dangerous. I said, no, what you do is dangerous. Right. What we walk into, we know exactly what we're walking into almost every time. You, how many times have you walked up to a car you couldn't see inside? Right. How many times? Every time you do that, putting your life on the line. And you can't always have your gun in your hand. Right. Uh, and even if you do, who's to say that you'll be able to use it in time to save yourself? You know, yeah. well, what else are you going up against? You know, you know, there's a kid sitting in, you know, on the other side and you think, oh, it's an innocent kid. And then it's the parent that's the bad actor, but then there's the kid right now and he's, Pulling something out, you know, yeah. and, and that's the one that shoots you. Like you never thought that, or the girl, little ten-year-old girl, jumps out with a shotgun, and it's like, whoa, wait. <laughs> and now you got to make yeah. that decision. Like, okay, that child's pointing a gun at me. What do I do? You got to make that decision. It's like, well, there's someone with a gun on you that's getting ready to shoot you. It's no longer a ten-year-old child. 
It's someone yeah. holding a gun that's getting ready to kill you. And to, to the average person, they hear it and like, oh, my God, that's terrible. But a lot of times, especially in, especially in big urban areas, that's reality. And I hear it all the time from my friends who are in law enforcement. So even with all the things that are going on, it's, when you see both sides of the story, it gets very it's very hard, man. You, have, you just have to empathize like, wow, man, because you don't know what you do in that situation. So it's really easy to judge and sit there and go, oh, how could you go do that or how could someone do that? Hey, man, you know, it's just like, have you been there? You know, when you've had to make that that split second decision, because a lot of times they are split second decisions. You don't get to sit there and watch the video over and over and over and then, you know, rewind it to tape and then like, okay, let's look at it again. What can have been done better? (laughs) You know, so after the fact. Yeah. And then and then when they've seen something terrible, they get home and the wife wants them to share what he what his workday was like. Right. Yeah. That's hard. Uh, Leave that stuff at work. Have you have you have you seen the movie Heat, Ty? No. With Al Pacino? Oh, okay. Well, I was going to bring up an analogy, but it won't be useful if you haven't seen the movie. Oh, but, you know, but but his character is a guy who's been divorced like three times, right? right. And he's, he's, he sees horrible things happen all the time on the streets of Los Angeles. He's a police officer. And then he, often he's having a hard time with his wife, his current wife, because every time he comes home, he's just got this despondent look in his face. He doesn't want to talk about what he just saw. And she's always trying to get in his head. It's like, hey, I want to know what's going on. Right. And he says, I'm like, I can't go there. I can't do that. And I, I can imagine that because I've seen some pretty terrible things myself. And the last thing I want to do is do a debriefing after afterwards. Right. It's bad enough that you just solve that. It's like now you have now someone's like, oh, so what did you see over there? It's like, yeah, we're not going to get into that. Right. And with me, it's, it's hard because uh, I have a hard time talking about it sometimes because it takes me back to the moment. Right. Exactly. You're reliving it now. Right. That's difficult. On the other hand, when I give my talks, I don't sugarcoat. I don't dance around. People need to know what's happening. So I have to let people know, like I'm doing today with you, some of the things that are happening. How do people respond to these talks? All sorts of different ways. Yeah. I've had people want to plug their ear. But I actually had a lady plug her ear and start going, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> didn't want to hear it. I've had people say, I don't want to hear this. It's bad karma. Oh, um, God. You know, things like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, That's just putting your head in the sand type syndrome, right? As long as, as, long as I don't hear it, it doesn't exist type situation. Yeah. 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 But it's... Uh, how, it, many, how, many, how many people, though, are, are eager to support your efforts after these talks where they go, okay, what can I do? Can I, can I give you some cash right now? Can I write a check out to your organization? Um, you know, I, I've, I've had, uh, some wonderful groups. I generally talk to small groups, ladies clubs and, uh, PTAs and, uh, Kiwanis, that sort of thing, Rotary. And, and it's really funny. A good example, Kiwanis has been wonderful, very supportive. And, um, uh, they, they recommended me for hero of the year or man of the year type thing which I always turn down, uh, you know, my gene doesn't get those, those accolades. Uh, do you have, do you have a military background tie? I do. I was yeah. Because, because I noticed you put the focus on your team a lot, which is very uh, typical of most people in that line right. of work is they, they don't want to take all the focus as an individual because it is a team effort. So you want to make sure that the team is being acknowledged collectively. I am nothing without my team. Absolutely. Uh, they're all former Navy SEALs, Green Berets, Marine Corps Recon, Army. Is, is, that your, is that your background as well? 
special forces well, background? I, I was, I was, they're all special ops. I was in special ops before it was called special. Okay. Ops. Okay. Uh, you fought in Vietnam, right? Ty? Yeah. Uh, I had to go through part of the, I was with first force service and, and, uh, bodyguarding couriers and high ranking people in a, in a war zone. And, uh, um, I got to go through part of the recon training, but uh, I learned from my guys all the time. One of my guys is a West Point graduate, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I listen to him, and I don't know why he listens to me, but he does. Uh, a lot of my ways are the old ways, and some sometimes they work really good because people are looking at high tech, and, and I'm coming in like a dinosaur. And uh, it, it works good. Uh, they they may not ever trip the lasers because they know they're out there, but the cans on the string yeah. gives them every time, you know that type of thing. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it works out real good, and uh, uh, they're good enough to let me come along. Um, now, you know, one of the things I'm proud of the the JC, one of my shooters. Uh, on that video said that, that we would follow Ty to hell. And, um, that's, I mean, from a special ops guy, that's, that's really something I'm very proud of. How did, how did you attract these other people? These other team members doing what I do. And, yeah. You know, it's a combination of uh, people wanting to do the right moral thing and being adrenaline jockeys. Yeah. Right. Uh, it, it's a combination of, of things. I have people all the time wanting to join us, and um, uh, consequently, I have a small army at my disposal. And uh, my problem is uh, when they don't get to go on a on a rescue. Mm. You know, I always try to have somebody, a uh, couple on a rescue that have been there before, if anyone going for the first time, because you never know. I had two separate occasions. Uh, one Navy SEAL and one Green Beret. And they went through training. We have special training for our own people because, and they always roll their eyes, you know, they're the best of the best. Yeah. Got to be training. <laughs> and, uh, imagine. well, they aren't familiar with the equipment we use or dealing with the children. We spend a great deal of time with psychologists, psychiatrists on how to handle the children, where we can touch them, what we can say to them and, and, those things, you know, they, it's very traumatic. Yeah, we're talking children. about some seriously mentally tough people here, the people you work with, but it must get to them in a way that they didn't expect when they right. start going on some of these rescues. Well, you know, you, you can talk about it. Like you mentioned earlier, you can talk about things or be shown things. Right. And uh, these guys on two separate rescues, they didn't even know each other. Um uh, they went on the rescues and they did wonderful. They were great. Got back and said, I'm not doing it again because it actually sunk in. When that first shot's fired, the door's open. We don't have a platoon or a regiment or anything else around the corner. We don't have medevac. We don't have any of the stuff that they're used to having. We don't always have the best of equipment. And, uh, you know, you can talk about it for weeks. Actually, do it. And and two of them said, "No, no, thank you for letting me do it, but I'm not going to do it again." And then I have others who have uh, sprung a leak, 
uh, <laughs> got banged up, and uh, I had one fellow was uh, hitting the tailbone and splinters, couldn't oh. sit down for quite some time. Oh boy! Through stuff to get the splinters out of there, and I asked him, "Is this it? Is this it?" And he said, uh, "No, no, I'll go again, but not tomorrow." And forgive me if I stand on the plane the whole trip in. <laughs> no, uh, right. but that's the kind of people they are. <clears throat> They're just wonderful, and for security reasons, they remain anonymous. Yeah, and uh, um, well, I wonder if you guys ever have any kind of cathartic events where. Because you're, you're you're experiencing very unique situations, and you're you're experiencing very uh, depressing, dark situations as well that only the you guys as a team could relate to each other about. So I'm wondering if you ever talk among each other about these things and try to work it out in a way so that you're not just internalizing it so much. After after every rescue, we have a debriefing. That actually started when the, uh, one of the guys these. Uh, 30 years ago, um, got off of a rescue and was sleeping on his couch. And uh, his son came up and had a Tonka truck and plopped his metal Tonka truck on his chest. And he came out swinging. And uh, that's when we decided that we, we have to have debriefings and right. get psychologists involved and stuff. And uh, it, it's a come down. You got to. You got to come off of what you were just on and involved with, and and uh, because I, I could just see that dark energy just being transferred into self-destructive ways, such as maybe you st- maybe you start having a few drinks after each mission, and that becomes a bottle, and now now you have a drinking problem, or or something else. Well, they all have a drinking problem. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> yeah. they, uh, you know, I've only had had one one serious problem, and and uh, kind of blame myself. For it because uh, I had mentioned uh, a couple of times that I've seen too much, and uh, this uh, one of my members not too long ago committed suicide. One of the team members, and the note he left for his parents was, he said he's seen too much, and I just always wonder if I put that in his hand. Hard. Yeah, because there's really no way to prepare for what you're gonna. I mean, you could you could read all the literature, you could watch clip videos, etc. But there's really no way to prepare for how it's going to affect you until you're out there in the field. And it's way different than probably what they're used to. I and mean, this is way different than a lot of chance. A lot of times where you're going through, let's say, your station overseas in Iraq or in the desert somewhere out there, it's a different type of enemy in this situation. You know, because it's constantly you've got the same common denominator every mission right here. This is a child. This is a child. This is a child. You know, and then, of course, if you have children yourself, you know, which I'm again, that's probably one one of the main reasons why you said, you know, that was like one of the restrictions. Now it's like if you've got children, you can't do this, you know, because that can probably affect you as well. Big time and probably affect your judgment because you're thinking about, well, if this were my child. You know, one or two things could happen. You could really go guns a blazing and really have that vigilante mindset and compromise everyone, including the child. Or the flip side of that is like you might freeze up, you know. Yeah, the upside uh, 
today. Uh, you know that uh, I'm drawing a blank on who said it first, but uh, uh, people can sleep quietly, safely in their beds because mm-hmm. uh, those strong men. Yeah, strong men that. Um, oh God, I see the same one. That, yeah, keep them safe in my terrible. But yeah. uh, but uh, you know, some soldiers uh, they do fine because they like it. And there's questions uh, about why they're in war, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and past wars have said that we had no business being in there or whatever. And uh, they have to deal with all that. Ours is is is. They they like what they're doing. They're men that are made for it, and it is morally, honorably, the right thing to do. You get children now. I have people say, "Oh, oh, it's not American children." This isn't about <laughs> American children. God. It isn't about Muslims, Catholics, Jews. It's not about Republicans, Democrats. It's about Children, children, all yeah. the children. It's a, a sad commentary, though, that <laughs> some people will think in their head whether they're willing to verbalize it or not is, as long as it doesn't happen to my kids, it's not my problem. Yeah, the thing about children, they didn't sign up for any of those titles that we just mentioned. All those things are titles like an American, a Muslim, or you know, Republican, whatever. It's like these children came here innocent. They didn't sign up for none of this. They didn't sign up to be kidnapped, you know, exploited, none of that. And that's what people should really be thinking about. Like, man, that child didn't sign up for this. How can I help? And, you know, bravo for what you guys are doing. Because, you know, we as adults make our choices. You know, you know, just like the soldiers come in and they make the choice to want to help you, Ty, and you go help make this right the best way they can. We get to have that choice. Children don't get to have that choice. That's what people should be thinking about the most. Yeah, and you think about, most people think about that are that are sympathetic to what you do. They're thinking about the child and stuff. Look at what it does to the family. Exactly. Who was supposed to be watching that kid? Quite often ends up in divorce. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, drunkenness. Suicide. Because, uh, they, because of the guilt. You know? Suicide. Uh, uh, people starting to commit crimes. Never been a criminal in their life. Mm, yeah. uh, Laura Bradbury's family fell apart. Even her brother, the son fell apart. I mean, he, he was, uh, had the chance to talk to him once and he was left totally out of the picture. Everything for a couple of years was about his missing sister. Messed him up terribly. And they all, I think all of them became alcoholics. All of them ended up getting arrested for one thing or another. It destroys the family. And even if you can hold it together, you still have that thing hanging over your head. Who was supposed to have been watching? Right. Why did you walk in the house and get that? If I if I just did this, or if I hadn't gone there, or we just stayed home that evening, or it's always going to be those what ifs, and you know. But again, hindsight well, is twenty twenty. I wonder if the kids have those feelings, though. It's like, why weren't you guys watching me and let me put get put in this situation? I wonder how come and that happens, Ty, where a kid is rescued out of that situation, going, "How could you? How could you have let this happen to me?" You know, talking to his or her parents or relatives. Especially, yeah, most kids see their parents as their protector and their security. So, yeah, it's understandable. Yeah, that that, that question. You know, I've got enough crap to think about, and you just gave me something new. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you don't need that. <laughs> I thought you would have heard it all. I've seen it all. <laughs> uh, you know, I try not to listen every chance I get because uh, 
you know, it's just. It's yeah, you, you, have, you have enough on your plate. Yeah, I understand that. But just back to what you said about some of these people saying, well, they're not American kids. I mean, the, the solution to that is you, you just can't fix stupid. You know, when you run across <laughs> right. people that are that dumb, <laughs> you know, what, 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 there's no point trying to get into some debate with that kind of individual. If, that, if that's their mindset, forget it. Well, you, you know people. Um, there's uh, – one in every household or one on every block. There's always somebody that uh, doesn't think clearly or the way they should about certain things in their life and situations and and what's happening to the other person. Well, sometimes it's a problem of extreme nationalism, right? Where if it's not happening to someone in the country you're from, it's not your problem. It's like, well, that's that's for the other country to deal with. Right. Yeah. Which is a really idiotic mindset, you know, in my opinion, but it's, it's a very common one too. Yeah. I think it's, it's a protective thing. You know, it's something people throw up. I well, know. I also think it's a dismissal thing where it allows you to say, not my problem. And then you don't have to think about it again. Yeah. Now, people ask me all the time, how, how can these people do these things? I have seen things that are positively choreographed by Satan himself. Yeah. yeah. How can people do things? You know, when, when you find out, let me know. You know, I've been puzzled with it for years. It's, uh, it's people that should be fertilizer. And, 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 and the answer to that question is not, if, if you were able to find it out, it's not going to make you feel better exactly. about what's going on. It's like, oh, that's why they did it. Okay. No, it's well, just, you're just going to ask more questions. <laughs> you know, so. Right. It's, it's a rabbit hole right. you don't want to go down because, hey, man, leave that to the, leave that to the experts who get paid to study those type of situations and, and that type of behavior. Yeah, a better, yeah. A, better, a better question is, what can we do to eradicate this behavior? Yeah, what can exactly. we do to help victims? Well, you know, uh, I know what they can do on my end so that I can do my thing. You know, if, if uh, somebody will send in that $5, somebody will get the book. I generally use the book as a tool. I give, I've given away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thousands probably uh, sold very few. People will come to me and they'll say, "How can I keep my kids safer? I don't have three hours to spend with you. Here's my book." Right, uh, right. Yeah. So if we can get a plug in there for that, and then the, absolutely. Is your, is, your, is your book available on Amazon? Where where can people pick it up? Amazon, uh, Lulu Publishing. Uh, uh-huh. uh, you can even go to a bookstore if they don't have it; they'll order it for you. Uh, just don't buy it in India. They want $72 for it in India. <laughs> I want it priced at fourteen ninety five, and the publisher said no, and I think it's like, it was 20, started off at 24 I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 now. What, what's the title again, Ty? Uh, my Body is My Own. Okay. And it's uh, a parental guide to keeping kids safer in today's society. Um and everything still applies that's in it. It was written, I think, 2005 or six. And, uh, I thought about updating it, but it, it's, 
it, it all still applies. Everything said, you know, it's a, people will say, well, how many children are missing like this? And organizations and even governments throw out numbers. Nobody knows. Yeah, right. Nobody knows. Uh, well, why does it matter? I, it's like one is too many. How about yeah, that right. number? Right. <laughs> yeah. I know I could be busy if I had the money to do it year round. Uh, well, let, let, let's get back to that right after my dog stops barking. That's, so, I mean, if you got enough donations, would you like to allocate all of your time to your organization? Because right now it sounds like you have a day job. You do the stunt work and stuff like that to pay the bills. But would you, in an ideal situation, like to have enough fundraising occur that you can devote all of your time? to this cause well that that would be a dream come true uh the problem with that is is you know i have cards now that are typed out on both sides with a logo on it used to be black and white i have these cards because someone donated them i have a flyer that's really nice a fella donated them every time i have money it goes towards rescuing children. Do every dollar I spend away from that, so dollar away from getting a child back, and it's uh, uh, it's in my in my mission statement and with the government and everything. I put put in there, and I purposely did it. Uh, if if salaries were ever paid, no no one's salary would ever exceed fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. And that was me thinking, you know, we get big. But, uh, you know, I'm proud of the fact that uh, nobody takes takes any money for it. And uh, what, what does that say? It's got to say to people that people are in it because it's the right thing to do and they have the heart for it. Yeah, I just want to emphasize to the listener that when they send in money to your organization, it's not going to a, a Hawaii vacation. It's not getting buried in paperwork. It's you know, it's going it's going right into action. It's being well, utilized. We've, ne- we've never spent more than four percent on our administrative end of what comes in, and that was only one year when we had a pretty good year. I had a, one large donor, and it took us up to four percent. Uh, I had somebody, it's the only one I ever answered. Somebody said, uh, oh, I, I don't, I saw him online and I, I, I donated $2,500 to his, his cause. And then I found out that he's just in it for the books and the movies and, and, uh, oh boy. Uh, and the fancy cars and the fancy house. And I had to get on there and I said, please tell me which car is the fancy one. My 1999 Honda or my 1986 Bronco. And, and by the way, I rent. And I might even be behind on the rent every now and then. Uh, you know, I used to be in the money. I, I made a lot of money in the past. Uh, my bodyguarding firm went really big at one, one time. And uh, I spent silly money. And I, I still regret it to this day. Yeah. Uh, because you think of what you could have done with that money? Yeah. yeah. I'm just not into things anymore right. Right. other than equipment for my people. And uh, um, that's that's what drove up the, that administrative cost. I say administrative. We got uh, uh, $10,000 a month for one year from one donor, and that allowed us to replace very needed equipment. 
our repelling ropes and, and different equipment that's worn out. And uh, um, it's, it's just nobody's nobody's in it for the money uh uh we do do uh, um is, is, is it is it hard for you to spend money personally as a result of all of this such as i don't know staying in a nice hotel or going on a vacation is that hard to do because you think of what that money could be allocated towards via your organization i i, I don't it doesn't bother me because i don't ever think about this stuff in my 36 years of being married uh uh, I took my wife to uh, to Catalina for two days, and then we decided we needed a vacation, and we went to Vegas for what was going to be four days. And she had worked in Vegas for a year. I spent five years there, and uh, uh, I think a day and a half later, we looked at each other and said, "What the hell are we doing here?" And we went back home. That's the extent of my vacation. Well, that's, that's a question I'm sure a lot of people ask in Vegas. Vegas as makes it very easy out here, to ask that question. It's a guy who lives out here, and I like living out here, but a lot of people come here, and I'm sure they look at each other and ask themselves that very question. Yeah, and because of who I worked for in the past, uh, my rooms were comped and everything. It was uh, right, right. It was great. But um, Well, I'm just curious if it's, if it's – if it's, hard for you to spend money. It sounds like this has been your, this is not a new phenomenon. It's like, in other words, you've, you've never been someone who liked to splurge too much, except I guess when you were doing some line of work early on, I'm just wondering when that paradigm shift, you said at one point you, you like to spend money and have a good time. Was it because of this line of work that all of a sudden you weren't able to do that anymore? Or you had no desire to do that anymore. Well, you know, it's a combination of things. It, it's uh, I have no choice, you know. Uh, yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I had a rescue coming up, and my wife said, "If you if you go on this rescue, I'm I'm going to leave you." And I didn't go, and she left me anyways. And uh, that that was a big lesson as far as the money thing. Yeah. It's actually, I I got got my hands on a Rolls Royce, and uh, one time I drove up to a four way stop. Four cars did at one time, and everybody stayed there and didn't move. And they let me go through first. And I thought, what What am I doing? What is this? This is so ridiculous. <laughs> I couldn't get away from that car fast enough. And uh, and my wife was very good at things. I had uh, I got her a Jag, Jaguar at one point. She didn't want to drive it. She wanted to drive my Land Cruiser. <laughs> and uh, I kept ending up driving cars I didn't want to drive. Uh, I, you know, I'm just not interested in it. I, should should I even uh, people tell me today I've got the '99 Acura made by Honda. Uh, yeah. It's a great car, and people are saying you, you need a better better car. You need something more reliable. It is reliable. Yeah, those Hondas last forever. <laughs> you know? uh, it is reliable. Yeah. That's a '99, and it's, 26, <laughs> yeah, it's 2016. People, let's do the math. I think that's I, pretty I reliable. Somebody, somebody introduced me one time and said, "If you think he's pocketing this money, go out and look at that piece of junk he's driving." <laughs> now, wait a second. It's a good car. Um, you know, it's just it's. How can I? When the money comes in, it basically goes out as fast as it comes in. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm going to say something that could get me in a little bit of trouble here with the IRS. Uh, 
all of our money is supposed to go towards uh, towards the rescue of kids and educating parents and stuff. And uh, I met a family that had some horrendous hardship. And uh, uh, I paid the rent on their house one time, the charity did. And I just figured, you know, somebody's going to throw me in jail for that or take my charity away for doing that. Then so be it. But, uh, um, you know, we're here to help each other. I have a special talent. I can help the kids. It's what I do best in life. It is what I do best. Uh, people ask me to do different things and all that stuff. I, I, you know, that's not me. I, uh, I know how to extract children. If it isn't about that, don't bother me. I, you know, you're talking to a wall. I can't help you. I've had people with money who wanted to expand me and do different things. Uh, one wanted me to go over and start filming people uh, trying to buy children in, in foreign country. Uh, and, uh, you know, why do that and get one guy maybe in jail, depending on our courts, uh, because I contacted uh, the Justice Department and told them what I was doing and that I would turn the tapes over to them and they could arrest this guy when he came back to the United States. They wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, I talked to the State Department. I got a left-handed threat that I could end up in jail doing <laughs> Uh, and do all that so I can stop one guy from going on. Why not keep doing what I'm doing? Because when I go, even when I have a principal child, there's always more there. Right. Always right. more. There. Right. And uh, and we we've hit the jackpot for a long time. Twenty-two children was the most I ever brought out at one time. Mm. And then I did one. Uh, uh, places were close together. I did two at once. And, and we got 52 children out at one time. It was a hub where they were bringing kids from all over the world into this one place. And, uh, and, um, we were able to forgive. I mean, as, as dark a world as you're dealing with through this line of work, there has to be an extreme level of satisfaction when you rescue these kids. There must be some level of a high or just a level of gratification that's unparalleled. That's why I keep doing it. It yeah. is when we, when we when we're successful. There's nothing like it in the world. Uh, it is so overwhelming. I don't turn the children personally over to the parents anymore. I, I let a team member do it, the team leader, because in my old age, I can't hold it together. Yeah. Overwhelming. Yeah. And probably if you noticed me talking when I talk about specific things, like I said, it takes me back to the moment and I have a hard time holding it together. Yeah, uh, I imagine. It's just, uh, as a matter of fact, um, last Thanksgiving, we like doing rescues on holidays because nobody's expecting a Christmas. And yeah, yeah. That was that another thing. I had Christmas at home in years or Easter or, or Fourth of July, any of the holidays that uh, people think we're we're not going to be doing anything, and um, it was last Thanksgiving. Uh, three of us sprung leaks, and I got hit in the shoulder, and um, I thought, you know, I pressed my luck too much. I'm not getting any younger. 
and um, and I don't want my team ever to be in the position where they have to tell the fine founder of the charity that he can't go anymore. So I decided uh, I wasn't going to kick down doors anymore, and uh, I will raise the money, I will plan them, and I will go to the staging area, but uh, uh, somebody else can kick down the doors because uh, I've zigged when I should have zagged too many times. Yeah. And uh, just pressing my luck. And someday I'd like to get a cabin on a river, a good dog, a gun, and a fishing pole. <laughs> be left alone. Yeah. I feel you. So I, I got to quit. Well, that, seemed, that seems like another common conclusion to someone who's been through all the things you've been through, is you want to have some peaceful solitude existence. Uh, it's a goal someday, maybe. Uh, is it hard, is it hard for you to be around a lot of people, just especially when you hear people's everyday complaints about nonsense? You know, like this traffic is crazy, and yeah, yeah is that difficult <laughs> to hear? I mean, it's difficult for me to hear it, and, <laughs> right. uh, and I am nowhere near to what you do. You know, I just had an incident. I'm talking to a lady, and she was all stressed out. And I said, "What's the matter? Are you all right?" That's how stressed out she was. I was concerned. <laughs> she said. Uh, uh, my mother-in-law is coming over to help me rearrange the kitchen, and I'm just dreading it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! You wouldn't you wouldn't last long. I don't know where you live, but you wouldn't last long in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a lady flip out one time because the gardener didn't arrive on time, and she acted like the world was coming to an end. She was yeah. she was emotionally traumatized by this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, everybody's worrying about. Too many of the little things and the kids worrying about their clothes and having the right tennis shoes. And the latest iPhone, stuff. you know. <laughs> and they're ticked off why they can't have a Snapchat account because, you know, their, their other school friends has one. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, the things that are truly important seem to be escaping us these days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know if people even think about what's important because they're so distracted by what isn't <laughs> posing as being important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's sad, uh, because it's their children that they're putting at risk. I've had parents, uh, say, Oh, I'll let them go. We used to do that when we were kids. There's nothing. Wrong. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, don't they watch TV? They don't, they don't see the news. So, Kids being snapped up here and there. Exactly. It's uh, easy. <laughs> what we used to do. That's is that, yeah. What you, exactly. you know, if it's a pretty blonde in a in a uh, exotic location like Aruba, you know, that's newsworthy. But right. the average kids missing is it's not newsworthy. It's not part of their show. And you know, news is a show now. It's oh yes, yeah, entertainment. There's <laughs> nothing. There's no news, it's just entertainment now. And what can we get ratings? You know, what can we do to get ratings? And, and, right, and everything's keep, about what moves the ticker, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, what's going to keep eyes on here? Because now they're on 24-7. So pretty much, how do you keep people on your channel as long as possible? Well, after a while, you know, when we start talking about topics like we're talking about now, you know, eventually they're going to want to leave because it's just too dark for them. They just don't want to deal with it. And 
So now you got to start just coming up with entertainment. You're like, hey, Donald Trump said the T. He said titties in the middle of an interview or whatever. It's just like, oh, <laughs> really? That's news. We're gonna keep playing that over and over because yeah. he slipped up and said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous, and nobody seems to care that. So unless it does it because of uh, the alerts on the freeway and stuff. Uh, right. The Amber Alerts, yeah. If, yeah, the Amber Alert. I, I helped work on getting that put through. Mm-hmm. And Ray Davis turned it down four times. And when it finally went through, he took the credit for it. Uh, <laughs> not surprising. Uh, how, how political of him. <laughs> not surprising. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, if it's a parental kidnapping and stuff, uh, they'll throw out a brief, but uh, a child uh, just, just missing, uh, no. vanished without a trace. Nothing. No, that doesn't. That's not newsworthy. Not newsworthy. And if they did it every time, it would take up a good portion of the news. Right. As you look at the, and you don't have to take my word for it. I went back ten years to five counties: Orange County. L.A. County, Ventura County, Riverside County, San Bernardino County. It's uh, uh, those counties at the greater L.A. area. 400 kids annually missing without a trace. You can go to each county and just look up kids missing without a trace. Yeah. And you'll see it's 400 average. Now, I haven't done that in quite a while, but it's probably more than that now. Uh Houston has a large amount. I can't remember what it was. Uh, Austin, Texas was 700 annually vanishing. Um, Houston, uh, which really surprised me, uh, NAMLA had their convention in Houston a few years back. Wow. Hmm. And and over 3,000 pedophiles showed up for it. That's 3,000 that were willing to show their faces. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard to believe that happened in Houston. Of all places. Well, I yeah, I, I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Like I, I mentioned when we had James Palm here before, they even have little clubs here right around downtown, you know, right amongst, not that far from the police force and everyone else and City Hall, where they have these little clubs where these men go to go dance with little girls. And that's pretty much just a start to what goes on after that. You know, so these are called dancing clubs. So they have these little girls dress up in little dresses and, and these men are supposedly just going there and they just dance with them. And these girls are all underage. Most of them are even under, they're under, they're, they're not even teens yet. And for some reason, this has been going on for so freaking long since I've been in Houston. I've been in Houston since 1990. You know, I've never so, heard of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot of people don't hear about that. Well, it's hard to believe it's tolerated there. It's tolerated. And, you know, every now and then they may bust one here or there just so it can make the news and seem like someone's doing something, which is the catchphrase, you know, <laughs> that, that gets, that's thrown around a lot now in the news. Do something. Do something. So now they, they throw their little pacifier out there. They make a big bus or a raid. Now they've done something and now they move on to something else. And then they just move to another house or another building and they do it again and they keep doing it again. And a lot of times these are going to be in these certain neighborhoods that are connected with a lot of these cartels. So, you know, you put two and two together when it comes to that. And it, it becomes this big thing, man. And, yeah, and, 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 and as James Pond had pointed out, Houston's becoming a large major hub for sex trafficking here in the United States, which I'm not surprised because we're right here by the border. We have a lot of cartel action going on around here. It's not hard to believe when you actually hear 
But again, when you're not, if you're in middle America and you hear this, like, oh, my God, really? That can't be happening. Oh, it's happening. Well, I mean, I think the only reason why people find it surprising is just the reputation that Texas has. Exactly. So they think like, well, won't you guys just go in and find them and shoot them and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, this, is not, this is not 1845. <laughs> we just can't roll. We just can't get a posse together and just roll in. No, I, mean, I think, I think the, repu- <laughs> the, the reputation that Texas has to those of us that don't live there is that super right wing. And don't mess with Texas. They think they apply yeah, to it everything. Just, it just seems like someone who even thought something like what you're saying happened would just be shot on site, you know, given the reputation that a right. lot of people think Texas has. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's true. <laughs> you think back, I think Clinton won Texas when he ran. Oh, really? Okay, I didn't know that. I think he did. Yeah. I think he did, which yeah. memories yeah, serves he, that it surprised me. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, but <laughs> Maybe that was more due to the opposition being so bad that uh, you know, if we're talking about Dole when he ran against him. Yeah. That can happen. Yeah, that and, you know, just, you know, the deals that you make, you know, at that time, especially with that voter base. That nothing's changed. Nothing's well, I mean, Bill, Bill is a good old boy, too. So. Exactly. You know, <laughs> that doesn't <so>. hurt. <laughs> you know he's it's from Arkansas. You know, he yeah, can't exactly. be that bad. That's, that's close to Texas, right? <laughs> well, the man even has charisma over the radio. Well, that's, yes. That's I mean, he's hard to do. But, but, but he's he he called Slick little, Willie, man. His name is Slick Willie. He has Willie. this little glimmer in his eye, though, that you just know he's full of it, man. At least exactly. I, that's what I think. It's almost like he, he's a tolerable car, car salesman. He's that one car salesman like, okay, he's not as – is disgusting as the rest of them, but you're still a car salesman. No, but it's almost like he has that look in his face that he knows that you know that he's full of it, but he's still going to say it anyway. He, but he knows that you're going to buy it. He's going to buy it because you can't tell him no. Look at me. <laughs> you know? I think I realized what, what his problem was. He doesn't have enough blood in his body because the brain and down below are working off of the blood. He doesn't have enough to run both at the same time. <laughs> no, his problem is he's married to a certain person, okay? And which motivates all those things. It, it motivates that blood flow not to go down to a certain part of the body. Like, ah, yeah, there's blood down there, but I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Look at this. You know, I, <laughs> I would have to, to deal with this. <laughs> come on, you come deal with this and then you it. ask me, you know, why would you buy a cigar and do the things that I did? Okay. Well, when you look at the lady who motivated blood flow to that certain part of the body, that, <laughs> that shows you the level of desperation. <laughs> I would love to see a woman become president someday, just not Hillary. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think she's capable of telling the truth. I don't, I don't like either major candidate at no, all. No. I like Gary Johnson, the libertarian guy, and uh, you know some of the other fringe parties seem reasonable. Although I haven't looked into it in depth, yeah. but the, 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 what I have seen is a lot more reasonable discussion, at least than the two major parties, which is just comical. Exactly. And Trump is making it harder and harder to get behind him. But, you know, I I have to say, even if he was a lousy president, it would shake up Washington, D.C., and Washington, D.C. needs to be shook up. It already has. <laughs> well, it would, it would, it would make it done his part already. Whether he wins or not, he's done his part. He's made them wake up like, wow, what do, where did we go wrong for this dude? <laughs> Is You're right. Me. You're and right. It's like, and then trust me. On the flip side of that, on the, the other parties probably say, "Where did we go wrong? That we actually let this chick like be the nominee." But we know what they won't dumb down on it and take it back. Like, okay, we screwed up. They won't do that. Whereas the public's like, okay, we screwed up. We got to fix this. Well, you know what? It's gonna take a while to undo that damage because that wasn't something that happened right away. 
Okay, that took years and decades and decades and decades. So, and guess what? Eventually, hey, it's not gonna matter which party. The people are just gonna be sick of it, man. It's like, okay, enough is enough. Enough is yeah, enough. Yeah, but you would think that they would at least get the message. America's <laughs> fed up with same old, same old. Oh yeah. Obviously, you know, when Trump is a viable candidate and then Bernie was making traction and now the third parties actually can almost get in and actually be a part of the debate. There's the message. That I would like to see at least. Yep. And they're only a few points away from being a part of the debate. OK, yeah. Yeah. only a few like. points before they were not even an honorable mention. Now they're in they're in the picture. You know, you kind of looking over your show like, oh, damn, there he is. <laughs> it's not the Ralph Nader days anymore or Ross Perot just, and all that. <laughs> it's just another reality show we don't want to watch. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I, I think, um, I mean, it's it's important, you know, who we elect to lead, no doubt. But I think if people put a little bit too much importance on it in terms of how it will f- affect them individually, in terms of instead of them thinking what they can do, because what they do it for themselves is going to have a lot more weight than delegating out to the government what they can do for you. Now you're beginning to worry me. You're talking <laughs> common sense, and common sense is not, not common. Quiet. <laughs> well, that's what we're trying to do with this show is disseminate <laughs> common sense and, and, and right. make it spread like a disease, you know, like a good disease. Yeah. Let's try something that's gone out of style. Let's try thinking. And asking questions, <laughs> you know. Well, let's get people on the show who are not making the podcast rounds because uh, you <laughs> right. know, a lot, we get people emailing us all the time going, hey, well, we'd love to have so-and-so on the show. He was just on these five other shows. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay, great. Well, we don't need to have him on our show. Then, exactly. you know? <laughs> just go make a compilation of those last five shows and there you go, buddy. <laughs> every, everybody wants to make the podcast rounds. I'd rather get a guy like you on, Ty, who I haven't heard on other people's podcasts, hoping that they will listen to an episode like this and go, wow, that's I never heard of this guy. That guy's important. What he's doing is important. Let's get him on our show, and then that proliferates so we can get more fundraising sent to your organization. Exactly. We don't want the people that's going around like there's a new movie coming out on Friday, and they're making all the media rounds, and, and just like, oh, he was just on NBC. He's on here. He's on there. Talk about the same thing. Like, dude, just we know the movie's coming out Friday. We get it. We pretty, <laughs> you're not gonna give us the spoilers. We get it. So we're just why are you here? I just saw you the other night on this other talk show, and that's what's happening with a lot of these podcast guests. It's the same thing. It's like they're just making the rounds and hey, I'm promoting my new book, and let's talk about the same things over and over and over again. So, yeah. so. well, it's kind of like what we were saying with the news. People are looking at what's going to move the ticker, what's going <laughs> to get us the most downloads, and that's usually some jack off with <laughs> sensationalist advice coming on talking about putting a stick of butter in your coffee and you know stuff like that that's what's making the rounds so but un- unfortunately people are not out there seeking you know guests like you Ty in terms to listen to you that people are not going okay I want to hear some really profound stuff that's going to affect my world view and provoke me into action that's not what people are thinking of when they go on the internet. So with our show, a lot of times what's interesting is people are coming to us for fitness information and just stuff that can improve their life. And then they're listening to the show. They enjoy the show. And then out of nowhere, we throw a guest like you on them and who they never would have listened to before but are listening to because they follow our show. And then that affects them because how can someone listen to this episode and hear your story and not want to do something about it? It's like you really can't go over to – Project Save Child and donate five bucks. Right. <laughs> project Project Child Save. Child Save. Yeah. 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 There's also a Project Child Safe. S A F E. Oh yeah. Yeah. That is not me. No. <laughs> save. No, yeah, that one's more gun related, I believe. Child, you know, Child Safe. So that's not a totally different situation. Project Child Save at um, 
<laughs> Project Child Save dot org. Dot org. Thank you. <laughs> That's how much I promote. Uh, and as far as my book goes, uh, it'd be nice if some people went in and got it. Uh, the profits from the book go to the charity. And if someone cannot afford the book and they have children, contact me. You can do it through the website, and I'll send you a book. It's not about the money. It's about keeping kids safe, and I think my book will help you if you follow it. And if you can't afford the book, buy the book. Don't be a cheap butt and just like, oh, can you send me the free book? Don't be, don't be that guy or that girl. I use it as a tool. And if you're, yeah. and if you're listening to this show and you can't afford the book, you need to reevaluate your life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> because come on. It's not 72 bucks unless you're in India. Right? Exactly. <laughs> it's highly affordable, you know. Even if you don't have a child, you know, still get it because I'm pretty sure you know someone who has one. And I'm pretty sure you know someone that you care about that has a child, and you probably care enough to not want their child to be in a situation where Ty and his crew has to come in and try to rescue them. So, you know, the the uncle, whoever, be the cool aunt and uncle like, hey, you know, check this book out. I read it. Here, here's some tips. You need to read it, you know, and go over with your children as well because – I don't want anything to happen to you guys, and I want to give you the opportunity to make sure, you know, that that the percentage of something happening to you is minimal, as minimal as possible. And you know, I, I had a fellow uh, at one of my uh, talks, and the books are on the table, and I said, if you can't afford, just take take a book. Uh, they asked me how much it is. It's a donation, whatever you want to give. And uh, uh, the fellow confessed to me later. He said, I, t- I took your book. I could have bought it, and I, I took it for nothing. I read your book, and he bought six books to pass out to his his uh, children and uh, to friends. Yeah. So, you know, you, you never know. You never know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can't follow everything in it. Uh, but uh, it just takes one thing that maybe you did, like the lady that that uh, went house to house and told people, asked people if her kid could come there. She, in her letter, uh, you can see it. I'm pretty sure it's on the website. It's uh, uh, she she says it probably saved her daughter's life. And uh, I've got other letters on there uh, that that are really really nice letters. From from parents of children that uh, we've been lucky enough to save. Well, you do fantastic work, and and sometimes some some of the simple things that people can implement in their everyday life are often overlooked. Like I've always told young women, especially like if you come to Vegas and you're going out, do valet parking. You know, don't go into the parking lot by yourself and park, especially after you've been having a good time and you might have had a few drinks. Now you're walking by yourself to the parking lot. You know, it's just something that's, simple. Do valet parking so that you're always very, in front of people. Smart. That's very smart. And people don't think about things like that. Uh, in my book, I talk about you walk into the 7-Eleven. Don't cut through that vacant lot. Stay under the lights. Yeah. You know, and then some people will be like, well, I can take care. I can take care of myself. I go, it doesn't matter if you can take care of yourself. What matters is avoiding having to be put in a situation where you have to prove that you can take care of yourself. How about exactly. that? Preventative. Right. Yep. Right. And don't go to the laundromat at 10 o'clock at night or the ATM or the ATM. 
Or as one of my one of my instructors said, you know, an accessory to muggings. That's what the ATM. <laughs> yeah. That's what ATM stands for. You yeah. know? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, don't go there at night. I'm like, what is? Why haven't you already taken the money out that you need to take out during the daytime? You probably. I mean, come on. Don't make it that easy. Well, one big mistake some people make in Vegas is, you know, every time, every once in a while, someone actually wins money here and they win a good amount. Yeah. And they go to the cashier and they (laughs) they get their couple thousand dollars and someone notices that and they follow you out unbeknownst to you. Right. And attack you in your car or follow you in, follow you around the block and accost you at a red light. Right. So, So, I mean, it's. You couldn't wait to cash that in the next morning, you know. Right. (laughs) If if you're actually going to leave the casino with your money, you know, you couldn't wait. Now, yeah, I can see if you're. Well, I mean, you can get an escort too. Exactly. Again, if, if you do valet parking, this is not a problem because <laughs> right. you're not going to be attacked in the parking lot. You're going to go straight to your car. Right. But you could also, if you're if you're a long, young lady or you're just someone who feels they need you need a little extra protection, you can have a security guard escort you to your vehicle. Yep. Sure, you give them yeah. five bucks or. Yeah, exactly. You just give exactly. them a little tip. Just made some money. At least tip them. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. Yeah, you got a handful of free money. Go give them a ten or a twenty. There's just there's just simple little things that people can do. I'm always amazed, you know, and I'm not a parent, but I'm always amazed when I talk to parents and you give advice like this, and they're just they they just have they're just mystified. Like, yeah, oh wow, I never I don't like really? oh wow, I never thought about any of that. And I was like, well, I have, and I don't have kids, so you definitely should you know be thinking right. about all of this. A lot of times, I'm in a protection mode. I'm at the park with my dogs, and I see some kids walking around the corner, and it's starting to get dark, and they're by themselves, and they're they're not self aware at all of their surroundings. Right. And I'll keep an eye over there myself just to make sure that you know someone's yeah, not I'm, jumping behind a bush. Exactly, I'm constantly doing that, man. Good for just, you. Just Good constantly. for you. It's just 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 being it's, it's kind of like a civic duty. You're just being aware of your surroundings, not just for your own protection, but for for other people's protection. Because exactly. they're not gonna be, because at the end of the day, if something if you didn't do anything, and then you go home, you look on the news, and then you see that just happened where you just left, and you could have said something, you could have watched out. Now you have to you got to deal with that guilt, man, because you're like, dang, I was right there. Like, yeah, I yeah, my antenna goes off even when I see an let's say I see an adult by himself. And he's talking to some kid. I was like, "Why are you talking to that kid?" You know, maybe they know that kid, and you know, it's a total false alarm. But sometimes it's just someone who is like, "Oh, you play soccer? How long have you been playing soccer?" And they're getting into, you know, what I mean, it's just like I'm just aware of these kind of things because I'm like, "Where is this going?" It could be totally innocent. Most of the time, it is. But just in case it isn't, I want them to be aware that I'm over there, you know, exactly. looking right at them. <laughs> You're a good man, Charlie you Brown. Do something, you know? I'm right you know, here. Watch exactly. me. You know, when I was writing the book, I was checking out different things, and one was uh, uh, laundromats. And I went into a poorer area in the big city, and I was cruising different different uh, parking lots. And I'd sit out there, and I'd watch. And the, the men that cruised through looking in the laundromat, oh. and I came across that looked like about a 12- or a 13-year-old girl with a ton of laundry doing laundry and it's like 10 o'clock at night so i stayed there and watched the whole time made sure that nothing happened and men come cruising through those parking lots looking for for that window i guess Uh, but you know you're doing a good thing looking out for your fellow person especially people that can't have the ability to protect themselves 
or think right. I was just say, yeah, people who just won't take the time to actually be, you know, have that self-awareness and, you know, and you hear it all the time, like, you know, you know, spatial awareness. I'm like, yeah, buzzword now, because I mean, how many people are going to always be in that condition yellow? You know, most people are always in condition white. It's just like, oh, la, 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 go about my way because I'm a good person. And, you know, I'm in good conditions like we were talking about earlier. So well, I, th- I think it's important to be self-aware and also it's, look like you are. You know? yeah, and yeah, that's another thing. It's like, it's like yeah, you're walking my, down the street. Don't just be self-aware my, where you're, my, it's, yeah. it's, you're in disguise that you're self-aware. I mean, you no. should be walking down with confidence and purpose. Like, you know where you're going. You know where you are. You know you're who's behind very, you. You yeah. know who's the left of you. You know who's in front of the right of you. You're perfectly aware. Exactly. Yeah. That's called command presence. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, uh, like, if don't you're make walking out of a store into a parking lot and your head's hanging down and you're looking around like you're scared, you might as well have a neon sign flashing. Come on, I'm the one you want today. Here, <laughs> me. Target, you know? <laughs> I'm here for you. you know? no, it's, I mean, that there's ways to make yourself less of a target. And, and that's one of them. The fact that you're walking with confidence and preparation and also the fact that you're actually cognizant. Yeah, of where I, you are and your surroundings. Like, I see you. Yeah, I saw you. Okay, I made yeah. you. And, you know, and keep going. You don't sit there and, like, give them, like, the stink eye. <laughs> and just like, ah, you know, don't mess with me today because, you know, sometimes that could work against you. But just like, okay, I see you. Yep. All Look right. over your shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Don't feel embarrassed or whatever. If somebody's walking by your car and you hit, you know, I don't want to hit the locks. I don't want, you know, I don't want to seem like this. And I want to seem like that. And I'm like, especially with women, you know, I teach this now in my classes. Give yourself permission you know, to be very forthright and, and very aware and to let them know that, hey, not today, not today, dude, to my, it's, I'm not going to be a victim. It's, it's OK. Give yourself permission, because a lot of times they have that very caring, nurturing. And I don't want to, you know, stir things up type attitude for the most part, for most women. I'm like, don't let don't let that guy, you know, intimidate you into thinking that, you know, you're you know, you're making assumptions, you're stereotyping or whatever else. Like, look, so what do you know that, dude? Well, then don't, don't, it's not, it's not your business how you made him feel. Okay. That's not, and guess what? Even if it's the dude and he feels like, oh man, you know, I'm offended that she would do that. Dude, you know, how she feels is none of your business either. If you, if you did have good intentions and you know, you were minding your business. So well, it works both, both ways. Or if you want to be less politically correct, just tell women to act like black women because black women don't have a hard time telling guys to F off. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and they could, they're very good at making facial expressions of don't even think about it. Don't even come here with that. You know? <laughs> so they're, they're, the, the average black woman that I've met is not going to be someone who's like, well, I don't want to be mean or impolite. It's like, no, this guy's a jerk off. He's like, you do, know, I know you? Like, do I know you? Why do you keep, why do you keep looking at me? <laughs> and he's like, um... <laughs> oh, what the F are you looking at? <laughs> oh man well ty it's been a pleasure man really great having you i'd love to have you come back again soon too and just to reiterate one more time people can go over to i'm looking at the website right project now project child, child save, save. Uh, and, and it's not dot it's it's dot org or dot com so you have both covered i just looked up both just to be on the safe side so project child save dot org or dot com get over there and make a donation go over to amazon and buy ty's book yep. And Mars don't and let this one. don't let this one slide, folks. If you're listening right now, you have an obligation to go over and make a donation. You don't have to donate 500 bucks or 100 bucks, although that would be nice. That'd be nice. <laughs> but you can go over there and donate five dollars today. Just yeah. do, it, do it right now. Don't put it off until tomorrow or next one-time week. One-time donation, do right monthly now. donation, any of that. It's just like that. All it's dot, it's dot org for donations, and there's an address if you want to send a check, and a check is your receipt. 
Uh, also, the thank you for your donation, if you do it electronically through PayPal, is uh, that's a receipt also. Yep. Um, but if people want a receipt, I'm happy to send them one. And Perfect. it is, is deductible. We're 501c3, tax write-off, and uh, every penny is truly, truly appreciated. Yeah, but just remember, being dumb and not supporting is not deductible. You know, you're not going to get anything for that. <laughs> so go over there and support Ty's great work. Well, I mean, we would love to see this whole thing grow so that you can do more of the great work that you do for sure. Do it for the kids, people. Come on. There you go. Definitely a blessing. Thank you so much. Thank you. A real Thank pleasure. You, Appreciate it. Yeah, really great talking to you. Really inspiring stuff. So I hope you have a yeah, I hope you have a great day and we'll we'll definitely be in touch and hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you. And anytime you want to talk, it's my pleasure. Uh, uh, if you just want to call up and uh, because you're going to be talking to people about it, you may have some more questions. Um, call me up on the phone. I'm happy happy to help you out. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, sure. That'd be great. And if, you, if you're ever in Vegas, please let me know. It'd be great to connect. Yeah, Houston as well. Yeah. Uh, Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after five years there, it's it's hard to get there. Oh, you lived here for five years. Okay. Yeah, I lived at Caesar's Palace. Did you really? Okay. Bodyguarding the guy that owned the largest percentage of it. Oh, wow. And his family. Yeah, you must have some interesting stories. We might have to get you back and just talk about <laughs> some of that next time. <laughs> yeah, I bodyguarded... Uh, Two people that ran for presidency, Pat Buchanan. Yeah, I saw that. uh, Senator Briggs from Fullerton, California. I bodyguarded him on his run. Um, I still have a select few that I bodyguard. Uh, I just got burned out bodyguarding, babysitting Hollywood. Yeah, I imagine. Uh, imagine. It must be hard for you to do that now after what you do with your organization. Uh, we'll take on on uh, real high risk things, things yeah. where there's been attempts on lives and stuff like that. Right, right. Or people that I, I, uh, you know, you might not in- agree with what Pat Buchanan says, but he has a right to live through it. Yeah, you know? sure. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, it is truly my pleasure, and again, <clears throat> for your personal gift. To Project Child Save. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. No, no yeah, you'll, 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 see, you'll see plenty more of those coming. Exactly. Sure. We're, yeah. we're the engine, but people who donate, they're the other half of the team. They're the gas. We can't do it without them. Can't do it. Yeah. Well, hey, happy to help out. I feel like it's the least yeah. I can do. Exactly. Same here. Well, you're doing plenty and just getting it out to, to people. Uh, God knows uh, what what parent is listening right now. And takes a little heed to it, and, and maybe saves their child. Absolutely, I hope this. Uh, I hope this information can be a lot of preventative stuff here as well, right? Rather than just waiting for something to happen, just take exactly. those preemptive steps. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping yeah. that anyone listening will never need your services. That's yeah, how, right, that's right, how exactly. I see it. <laughs> you know, and you parents who allow their children to go in the bedroom and get on a computer with their door closed. Oh man, stop it! Exactly, put that computer in a central location in in the house where you can see what's going on and uh, uh, 
kids are smart today. Net nannies. The, I know a 12 year old that can get out of a net nanny. Oh, in yeah. A heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, get on there and see what they're looking at and who they're talking to. Cause it is, it is so dangerous. And these people that are working the kids on the internet, they're smart. Yeah. They're oh, smart. Yeah. There's an organization called perverted justice that was doing a lot of great work with pulling these people out of the dark. And there was that, what was that NBC show where they would catch, catch, catch a predator? predator. Yeah, 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 Hansen. yeah. They were, yeah. They were working yeah. with that organization. So that shed a light on that issue very well. Yeah, and they yeah. caught a judge. They caught a Homeland Security person. It, it was amazing. Oh, yeah, they just caught the Homeland Security guy last week. They just had like No, a it was amazing the variety of people that would walk through that door. Yeah. Just astonishing. Yep. Yeah. They just had a big... They're everywhere. Yeah. As a matter of fact, go uh, look at sex, on Sex Predators. See who's living around you. Yeah, yeah. I do that all the yeah. time. You know, constantly, you know, just always checking to see, like, who's within a certain mile range, between, you know, around my house here in this neighborhood. And constantly checking that every few months because, you know, just because a few months ago, it wasn't anyone around. Now someone's got, you know, they're out. They've been released. You know, you know, releasing. We know how our criminal justice system is working right now. These guys are back on the streets way before they should be, or if <laughs> where they shouldn't be. And so, yep. always constantly check that. You know, it's not that hard. Just go on your website, look at your city, and pull it up. It's public information. It has to be, and yep. see who's around there. Especially when you have you have kids and they're outside playing or whatever else. You know, so you know, not to sit there and say that someone is going to necessarily repeat that, but often they do. And there's nothing wrong with taking some preemptive measures and being aware that it is around you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, thanks again, Ty. Pleasure. We hope to talk to you again soon. I give it my pleasure and I can't thank you enough. I'm, I'm very grateful. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks again. You take care. You have a good day. You too. Thank you. you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Man, that was a that was a great guest, man. Oh that was yeah, probably, probably my favorite favorite guest of the year, right there, folks. I mean, don't don't let this episode slip through your thumbs. Like, just make sure you spread this, share this episode with everyone you know. Exactly. This should be, you know, what's what's kind of a sad commentary, just on people in general, is that an episode like this should be the highest downloaded episode by far. But a lot of times people look at the topic or they're like, oh, it's another one of those nonprofit guys they're bringing on. You know, that, that's not going to help me deadlift more. So I don't know why I should listen to that episode. <laughs> and that's just the wrong way to look at it that way. We, when, we, when we got together to do this show, we envisioned something a lot more than just talking about fitness and nutrition, which is important. You know, we'll keep delivering great guests on that. But we wanted the tentacles to spread to stuff like this. People like James Pond, people like Melia Kaplan, you know, people like Ty. Ty Ritter. So, I mean, that this, this is the kind of stuff that's really important. That's, that's the most impact. This, this is the kind of stuff that makes me really proud to be doing the show, frankly. Exactly. You know, it's like we have a platform, man, you know, because we can get a lot more done and helping these organizations by doing this show than we could if we were sitting at our house and every now and then encountering some friends here and there and bringing it up. Like, oh man, did you, I ran across this website, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's not, you know, that's, we could do a lot more, you know, right. You know, 3,000, 4,000 downloads per episode right there. Okay, I don't know where in the physical world I'm going to encounter 3,000, 4,000 people at once, you know, especially on a weekly basis. Okay, and honestly, I don't want to, (laughs) you know, like that on a physical, that that would be taxing and tiring. And honestly, I don't care who you are, that will wear you out. But it's so much easier to sit here and crack open this mic every week and do that and get the word out there. And guess what? 
one thing about it is once it's out there, it's out there. So once we go on and record another episode next week on another topic, this topic is still out there. And it's going to keep going, going and going and going and going. And we don't know how many people it's going to touch and reach and whatever from that point on. And physically, this just would be very impossible to do. So Yeah, and if you have your own show, definitely get Ty on. If you need his contact info, I'm happy to send it over to you if yeah. you can't find it on his website. And you never know, once in a while, Joe Rogan listens to our show. So if you're listening, you know, definitely get Ty on. I'm going to shoot you an email with his info right after the show, too, because I'd love to see him on, on a show like that. You know, yeah. imagine the reach you would get exactly with his following. Oh, yeah. You there? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah the, <laughs> I, thought, I, I thought you dropped it. Well, the sound was starting to go like really funky, you know, just then. And so I had to like check it to make sure everything was okay because you were starting to get kind of garbled. But hey, Skype, thanks for hanging in there and not interrupting that episode. We truly appreciate it. I, I, I might have gotten garbled just from that. Just from what we've been talking about, man. yeah, <laughs> it's really heavy stuff. To see yeah, but it is about that for a while. It's not like those topics ever get easier, but you know, now being in this firearms and self protection space, and I see and constantly watching video and and trying to understand violent people and and criminals, you know, it's just you know I can understand like sometimes you got to have that space where you can just go decompress and unload on this stuff, man. And but the thing is, you can't just act like it's not there and. So, you know, it's a disservice for anyone that I'm training to not be aware of these situations and not see see how these people motivate and check out their rhythm and how they move and what motivates them and how how they get together and do these vile things. You know, because that's what that gives me more intel, more information to get out there and disseminate to other people, just like Ty does with his platform. It makes people more aware because most people don't want to have to, you know, sit there and put in the work and look at all this stuff and understand this stuff and figure it out. He's like, okay, what can I do right now? And the more and more information you get on like my end on ties in, you know, the better you can help people in a situation. Like you don't give them everything, but you give them enough to like, Hey, this is what you can do right now. And, and here's what you could be looking out for right now, but you can still go on with your life. You don't have to be paranoid and just looking over your shoulders every five seconds, you know? So he likes it. It's, it's, it's getting to the point now. It's like, you know, get, with guests like Ty now, I get really excited because it just only helps me as an instructor and as a, as a teacher to be better because right. here's someone that's in that world that's really submersed in that world far deeper than I am. You know, and it's just like we're sharing information. It's just like what most agencies do when they work together. It's like, hey, we're experts here and we can help you here. So you can help the people that you're an expert with, you know, in teaching and helping out. In, in your situation. So we're sharing intel now. That's how I look at it. And it's kind of like, um, you know, you know, one of my instructors says, like, you know, at, at this point, when you're learning things like this and you're actually in that space, you're no longer optimistic, pessimistic. You know, you're just realistic, you know, and, right, and that's right. that's and I'm seeing that more and more. So, it's yeah, it, someone getting kidnapped and killing children, it sucks, you know, but, you know, when someone like Ty and his organization goes in and handles these bad guys and these kids get back to their families or they, they're getting back in a better situation. That's awesome. You know, because one thing about it, no matter what, since the beginning of time, humans have been either they've done atrocious things or they've done great things. Nothing's ever going to change that people. It's just, just the reality of things. So I just want to be on the side of the people doing the great things and, and doing the best to circumvent all the atrocious things. And that's, that's why we say, Hey, when you go over to, you know, to his website, 
and you donate, you're getting on the side of the people who are doing the great things and not the atrocious things. You're counter, you're counter, you're counteracting all the atrocious things. You're doing your part. You are being a hero right there. That kid may never know you, may never even see you, may never even know that you donated or whatever, but you're a hero to that kid, whether they ever see you or know anything about you ever in their lifetime. You know, they're grateful. Trust me. They will be grateful. Well, I think it's important for someone like Ty to know that people actually care and are willing to support his efforts because he's a guy who's putting himself on the literal front lines of this cause. Yeah, exactly. And it can be demoralizing if you can't even raise 4,000 bucks to, to, that could have saved a dozen kids. Right, exactly. Now, that that four thousand dollars. I don't know if we talked about that when we started recording or before we started recording, but he was there was a situation where he needed four thousand dollars to act in a certain situation in a certain amount of time and, and they, in a certain yeah. amount of time, right? And they weren't able to raise it quickly enough, and they were the opportunity opportunity was lost to yep. save a dozen kids, yep. and that to me is extremely disheartening. That it was four thousand dollars that made the difference in whether kids were saved or not. So basically, just on, let's just say that is 24 hours after releasing an episode with Steve Maxwell. That's how many downloads happen in 24 hours when we have Maxwell on the show. 4,000 right, right. in 24 hours. So yeah. if each one of those people had given a dollar. You know, I'm just doing the math. A dollar from each one of those, you know, downloads could have helped him, you know, rescue right. 12 children. That's how, yeah. I, that's how I put that together. So just put that in perspective, and I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to let you marinate on that one right there. So, And here's another way you can help out. Go to both of our websites, because guess what we're going to do? We're still going to keep donating to organizations like this, you know, one way or the other. It's not not just Ty's organization, but so many others out there. That's what we do with our money. It's not like we're sitting around and floating around on a yacht and broadcasting live from, you know, the Mediterranean or something like that, man. It's just like, no, we... We do our part to, you know, to really get get out there and help organizations such as Ties. So yeah, we're not we're not making videos saying just in my garage. Oh, there's my <laughs> just in my garage. And, you know, I like money, materialistic things, but <laughs> one thing I like more is knowledge. <laughs> Apparently, he's not aware. He's not self aware that he's a douchebag. So he's, he's, somehow that knowledge is passed over his head, but. But hey, you can't save everybody. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, use yeah. that coupon code LLA. Go get 10% off some great products and services at either one of our websites. We got newwarriortraining.com, we got mikemoller.com, and like Sincere said, you know, we donate a certain amount of our income to help great organizations like Ties. And you know, the more we make, the more we donate. That's just the way that goes. It works. So know? it's kind of so if you're not gonna what's funny is if you're not gonna donate to Ty directly, which you should you're still going to be doing it indirectly by supporting <laughs> us, but you should be doing it directly and indirectly. Yes. All right. Don't, don't just like, well, I buy Mike supplements, so he'll donate something. It's like, yeah, you're getting some great products for that. That's not a donation. All right. It's not like you're buying some crappy products for me just because you want to support my company. You're getting the best supplements money can buy. So that's what, that's your reward for that purchase. So do the additional step of bam donation to Ty's website. Exactly. And soon, hunt. soon we're going to be charging for a few episodes. I mean, one thing we'll do soon is talk. Well, we'll have an episode where it's just us talking about some of the changes we're making soon. Where yeah. just, just real quick, we're going to be charging for episodes where it's just sincere and myself, just when we're talking about various things. And we're going to have two guests per month where it's guests, and those are going to be free like they've always been. But when it's just sincere and myself talking about whatever we're talking about, hormone optimization, firearm instruction. Just a great information, great information dis- dissemination, right? We're gonna; those are gonna be episodes that are gonna be 
premium allocated episodes exactly. where there's going to be a small fee to access those. So anyway, that's one of the changes that will be coming up really soon. Yep. So in the meantime, you can also head over to patreon.com slash LLA podcast, become a monthly supporter of the show. That's a monthly donation, people. That one is Patreon. That one. Because you, know, <laughs> you know what they get? Great episodes. You know, so thank them. If you've been freeloading, but yeah, so, and pretty soon they will be getting those premium episodes that we were speaking about as well. You know, that's, that's part of it right there. And there you go. So patreon.com slash LLA podcast, come a monthly supporter of the show. And last but not least, especially with this episode, people go on social media, go on Stitcher, go on iTunes, leave a review, share this episode. People, people need to hear this episode. Yeah. People need to hear all the previous episodes as well, but definitely this one, get the word out there. People do it, do it. Do it. Don't, yeah, no more. No more funny cat videos. You know, just for this week, you can share this episode instead of sharing the, the the cute little cat video for the week, or you can do both. But get this one out there to so your following. All right, folks. You take care. All right, people. Take care.